to T-RADS, an audio podcast hosted by Dr. Bishak Khamen, a radiologist at Temple University Hospital. With the purpose of sharing the clinical and research work done in Temple Radiology with the Temple community and beyond. We are pleased to bring our listeners informative and enjoyable conversation about the impact of radiology in and outside the Temple community. Welcome back to another episode of T-RADS. This week, we are very lucky to have Dr. Michael Yu as our guest. He is an accomplished nuclear medicine attending here at Temple University Hospital and also Fox Chase Cancer Center and has a diverse training background that has taken him all over the world. He has been the system chief here of molecular imaging. First of all, Dr. Yu, thank you for being here. Would you mind telling us a little bit about your background and what brought you to Temple? Thank you for having me here, Vishak. I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, my name is Michael Yu. Currently, I'm the system chief in uh, Temple University Health System. We have uh, five sites, and I think most people already know we have a Temple Main, Jin's Hospital, uh, Fox Chase Cancer Center, uh, Episcopal, and an Eastern Campus. And I graduated from China uh, Medical School. And then after graduation, I left China. I went to Canada. And then at the time, Canadian system, they would not take a foreign medical grad. And so I went in some business and then I did some nuclear medicine technology. And in between the times, I passed my United States medical license exam. And then after I passed the board, I got into the residency program in Philadelphia, first in Hahnemann, later on in University of Pennsylvania. And after the nuclear medicine residency, you know, I got board certified in American Board of Nuclear Medicine. And then I did another year of PET CT fellowship. And afterwards, I did an additional year of pediatric uh, nuclear medicine in children's hospital. When I finished all that, and I got several job offers in different places, but I like Philadelphia so much. And Fox Chase Cancer Center has a PET CT at the time, even though I did a PET fellowship. But at that time, not many places has PET, and not many places has PET CT. And then it's just early times. So I went to a Fox Chase Cancer Center in 2005, and I have been there ever since. Wonderful. Yeah, that's a very uh, uh, diverse background that you've had and a lot of training. Uh, and uh, I know you have a welcome addition to the uh, now, I guess, Temple One system, including Fox Chase. Um, so to piggyback on that first question, I think the medical student group, because even the medical students, uh, we reach out to the medical students who are also interested in knowing your answers. This question specifically comes from the medical student group. Why did you choose a career in nuclear medicine? So I liked the technology, and then I think nuclear medicine really changed a lot over the times. The way we practice nuclear medicine is very different than 10, 15, 20 years ago. For nuclear medicine, you need a good machine. You know, at the very beginning, we only have the regular gamma camera. We can take pictures. Only, you know, planar, which is you take it from the front, back, and sideways. And later on, we have the spec capability 
which is a single photon emission computed tomography, so you can have three-dimensional images. And then after 2000, people start to put the new technology, you know, combined CT and the SPECT, and then later on combined the CT and the PET. So you have the best of the both worlds. You have an anatomical localization, and then you have the functional information. So hybrid imaging definitely helps the fields a lot. Another thing is the new tracers. You know, we have the iodine for many, many years, and then we have the MDP for bone scans. We have the tracer, you know, for decades. And then in 2000, we start to have a new tracer coming out. And then recently, we have a new cat tracer coming out all the time. It really helps the field advance. Wonderful. Um, so uh, I, I, the next question is, I think, a related question to that career, but um, of, in your profession, what do you enjoy most? And the other side of that question is, what do you dislike the most about your profession? I enjoyed a lot of new technology, new tracers, and then the advancement of the field. And, you know, in the past, People always say nuclear medicine is the unclear medicine. But with the new tracer, new technology, we can make the unclear clear and make the invisible visible. You know, at the very beginning, when we have a spec, everybody very happy because we can see things inside. When we have the new tracer, we can see the things we cannot see before. So the technology change and then the advance in the, you know, equipment, tracer, software, and computer, that's always makes things more interesting. I think the fields of nuclear medicine is constantly changing. A lot of people in nuclear medicine, they usually have a strong background of physics, chemistry, and then, of course, medical knowledge, everybody has the similar background. And, and, and if you could uh, talk a little bit about what you dislike about the profession. What I dislike about nuclear medicine is the small specialty. So when you have a smaller specialty, you know, you, you do not have the power of the, you do not have the cloud. So that's sometimes you have to think about it. And uh, give you a good example, you know, we have uh, ABR and then we have uh, equivalent of ACNM or ABR, ABNM. And then ACM. But when you look at the numbers, we are, you know, less than 10% of the, you know, the radiologist number. You, when you have the smaller specialty, less people, you, you just do not have the political power and the cloud. So that's the things usually is harder to get things down. That's a good point. Now we want to kind of move towards the questions that deal with a little bit of the workflow. So again, coming from the students, uh, can you talk a little bit on a generic level of how nuclear medicine scans are typically performed? You know, I usually tell patients because we gave you radioactivity, we cannot give you a lot. So we usually try to give you the lowest activity. We can have a good image quality. And then we are looking at the physiological distribution and the pathological accumulation. We have to let the trees accumulate. So nuclear medicine study usually longer than most of the radiology studies, and then depends on 
you know, what kind of study we are doing, we usually need to give a patient the tracer, and then we have uptake time, then we take images. And then a lot of our studies, we can do dynamic. So which we give the tracer, we immediately take the pictures. We can take for half an hour, an hour, sometimes even longer. So we can have the time activity curve, the clearance, and then we can give some additional medicine to say the excretion or the functional change. So a lot of things can be done, but generally speaking, is a longer study and then is a more involvement. So the quality control is very important for nuclear medicine, for nuclear medicine physicians. And specifically, if you could talk about our newly acquired PET-CT at Northeastern and its role and expansion, and what does the future hold with that? It's a great improvement for the nuclear medicine department. Uh, last October, we got the PET-CT in uh, Temple University Health System. So we had PET-CT in five shades for you know, over 15 years, but Temple Health System do not have PET-CT for a long time. So last October, after several years of operation, we got the new PET-CT, which is good equipment. We see things clearer, and then we have the new processing capability, you know, make things sharper image. Actually, the Northeastern PET is a better quality uh, scanner than the one I have in Fox Cancer Center. In Temple Health System, we have an oncology patient who going to use the PET for diagnosis and the initial staging, follow-up treatment, and the monitoring. We have additional capability to do cardiac studies like sarcoidosis, viability, and then we'll explore to do more of the neurology indications. And we also have the capability to do a new tracers with the prostate uh, imaging. So that's a lot of excitement uh, there. And the volume is continue growing, and then we definitely like to do more. Wonderful. And you kind of touched base about Fox Chase and Temple. So let me go into this next question that deals with we're all one now, but the Temple Maine versus Fox Chase Cancer Center has different to my understanding, has different studies going on. So in terms of the workflow and the types of cases, can you kind of talk a little bit about the differences at Fox Chase versus Temple? In Temple University Hospital, uh, TOH main site, we have a full service uh, general nuclear medicine. So we have a lot of lung scans because we have a big pulmonary group there. And then we have a lot of GI studies, which was a specialty and then we have other regular bone scan, renal, and HIDA, all the you know, traditional studies. And we have nuclear cardiology in Temple, Maine. In Fox Chase Cancer Center, the nuclear side is mainly for the oncology service. Most of them are bone scans, marker to evaluate cardiac function. Uh, prior to chemotherapy and follow-up chemotherapy. And then we do have some lung scans, HIDA, and uh, regular nuclear, but Fox Chase nuclear is more focused on oncology indications. 
and the temple main nuclear is more like full service. And then both sides we do thyroid cases, temple main doing more of hyperthyroidism, uh, less cancer. In Fox Chase, we usually do thyroid cancer, minimal hyperthyroidism. So it's really uh, the referral pattern and then the indications. For the PET services, uh, Fox Chase mainly all cancers. And then there are some other pulmonology and other indications. But in Temple Main, now Eastern PET, we do some oncology, but we do have a more other cases. We have a lot of referral from pulmonary, and we have some neurology, some cardiology, and then we try to do more of other indications. And uh, currently, Medicare does not reject inflammation, infection. So we are exploring the opportunity to do more on that aspect. Excellent. And uh, talking about excellency, you have been a recipient of multiple awards, including the Top Doc Award that you've received multiple times and the SNNMI Fellowship Award uh, recognition. Um, These are tremendous achievements in your field. So if you could give the medical students and the residents and the temple community a sense of what it takes uh, to to get to that level? I think for the top dog uh, nomination and voting, usually by the peers. So I usually try to do the best work I can because the nuclear medicine and pet services are really referral-based. And we talked about in the past with Bishak and all my other colleagues, most of the patients come to nuclear medicine mainly for the functional imaging. And then a lot of them already have anatomical imaging. They have a good CT, MR, ultrasound. They already have a good idea. So I always think what I can do to provide additional information for the referring physicians. I always try my best to answer their clinical questions, to give them advice, and then, you know, to do the really as a good consultant. So when you do that, you can really expand and then get more referral. So that's pretty much the, you know, top talk. Sometimes uh, some people say connection, but I think you can cut that out. It's usually about the peer review, peer voting. I think if you do a good job, usually you, you will get the recognition. And for the other fellowships, I have, uh, you know, fellowship in uh, American College of Nuclear Medicine, uh, Society of Nuclear Medicine. It's basically your service for the society, for the college. They have a requirement, say, you know, what's your accomplishment? And that's only one part of it. The other part is what you have done for the college, what you have done for the society. A lot of them are really service-related. So I try to do whatever I can, but no matter what I do for the society, for the college, still, my clinical work always first. When you have a good clinical service, uh, other things will come into the place, sometimes naturally. It's a very good uh, rendition of the two awards and good explanation, Dr. Yu. I wanted to also ask you some of the things that you have published and um, if you could kind of elaborate a little bit about some of your uh, notable publications. I think the research, you have a different way of doing it. 
uh, you can get some funding from the grant, and then you can get some support from industry trials, and then you can do some cooperative studies, and then sometimes you can do the in-house. So we tried all the different ways, and then we, we got whatever we can get. Because the funding uh, opportunity and environment is getting tougher and tougher. Industry is really depends on the indications that they are looking for. Most of the time, they will come to me, I'll do a quick evaluation. The main thing I consider is, do we have that patient population? And do the indications make sense? And then do we have referring physicians interested in the trial they can send the patient? I usually contact whatever the indications related physician specialties. And then I would just say, hey, Bishop, I have this trial. This is what it's for. Do you have interest? If they don't have interest, I usually just forget about it because you will not get a referral case. So if you can have them send you the patient, you are really doing good. And then the in-house study usually a little bit easier because they do need to do the imaging study to help out. And then we always try to get some funding from NIH, NCI, or the foundation. But it's always uh, the collaboration with other uh, specialties and the researchers. The other thing is, you know, looking at the field, you know, you've been in the field for a long time. Where do you see the nuclear medicine field in the next 15 years from now? I think the next 10, 15 years, the nuclear medicine will be more and more into a hybrid imaging. So you have anatomical and functional. And then another important aspect can be more into therapy and into cyanostic. You know, the term of the cyanostic, basically you have a compound, you labeled with a radio tracer then you can do imaging to see where the tumor is, where the localization, the distribution, and then you can label the same compound with the therapeutic tracers. And then we see what we treat, and then we treat what we see. And we had used that concept in the past, but in the past we don't use the term diagnostic. They used to call therapeutics you know, the diagnostic and the therapeutic, but that one never fly. But the diagnostic really taking hold and the people are more and more getting it. But if you look at the concept, we have been using that one. You know, the iodine is a good example. We use the I-123 for imaging, localization, uptake, and then we gave I-131 for therapy. And then the recent FDA approval is 2016. You have a nice spot to see the new endocrine tumor. The same compound labeled with lutetium, you can do the therapeutic uh, approach for the new endocrine tumor. Oh, exactly. Uh, the uh, field is definitely changing uh, and uh, constantly, constantly in a dynamic uh, fashion. Um, now I want to talk to you a little bit about you know, another role as you started in the beginning talking about being the system chief of multiple locations because we have nuclear medicine going at multiple sites. Can you talk a little bit about what it is like being the system chief, 
what are some of your roles and responsibilities? What are some of your challenges of being, you know, system chief? So as a system chief, you really have to uh, take care of all the aspects of the operation. So, you know, as a general service, you need to take care of the, all the clinical service, make sure every hospital size got covered. And then you have teaching responsibility for residents and fellows. And then the research, you try to do whatever you can, you know, with the residents, fellows, and the medical students. And then you have to make sure the schedule is appropriately arranged and all the daily operation and then the constant evaluation, you know, set up the goals and then follow it up. And then you need to know what's coming to let all the people get ready for it. You know, we have the new tracer come in for breast cancer in the pet tracer. I'll send the image uh, information and then the news and the training modules to everybody, let everybody be ready for it. And then, you know, the new prostate cancer uh, tracer, we want to be ready for clinical service and then the physicians are ready, the pet center is ready. So it's a lot of uh, administrative works. So as a chief, you have to think of not only the clinical research, teaching, and then the operational aspect. The other thing is also, uh, which leads to the next question, is also the role of us and the other colleagues in the multidisciplinary conferences. So that, that if you could talk a little bit about how are the multidisciplinary conferences in molecular imaging, both at Fox Chase and at Temple. So the multidisciplinary tumor board is always very important. We talk about the complex cases. So every specialty have their input as a nuclear medicine radiology, we always have the presence there. So we make sure we have our opinion, you know, our consultation, be ready for the referring physicians, I'll be ready for the team. And personally, I go to quite a few because I think that's the way we know people, you know, we know our referring physicians, they know us. And then, you know, during the human board, we know what they are looking for, and then we are prepared better for the future. And then we can tailor our report more to the, you know, reform physician's needs. And then I really enjoy the interaction with other specialties. You know, every week I can add several cases for the session because we say, hey, have you thought of this? We could do that for you. I mean, that's really helpful for the division department as well. Can you please list some of the, uh, for the community again, some of the tumor boards that we're involved with, both at Temple and Fox Chase? I know in Fox Chase, I usually go to the GI tumor board. And the lymphoma, I usually go there because there are a lot of PET CT involved. And then the pulmonary, we have a radiologist there, but I only take care of the PET CT and the nuclear session. And then I regularly go to the melanoma tumor board. And then the lung tumor board in Temple, I go there when I, whenever I can. And then the high neck tumor board, I'll be there. We have a neuroradiology, usually go to high neck 
I just provide the nuclear and passivity support. And every month, I go to a thyroid tumor board in the temple. There are other tumor board I go on the need basis because I don't go to a breast tumor board regularly, but if they have cases, they will contact me. And the renal tumor board, sometimes I'm like on call basis, has sarcoma and then GYN tumors. That's usually I go there maybe once a month. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that just shows the breadth of how much we're involved with the nuclear medicine. And it's amazing, actually, when you look back at it, the, the breadth of the field and where we're involved. Um, I think we're nearing the final thoughts here. And so, again, now it's a time to provide some advice, I think, to uh, both medical students and residents, but I guess tailored to different levels uh, based on their needs in terms of what advice would you give them who are interested in a career in nuclear medicine slash molecular imaging? I usually, I mean, I do get students and residents come to me and I always tell them, you have to do the things you enjoy because you're going to do the training for several years. You're usually already in medical school or finished medical school and then the specialty training usually takes about three to five years. You really have to like the specialty you are chosen. Otherwise, you will not enjoy it. For nuclear medicine, you probably need a strong computer, physics, and equipment, that kind of background. That would be helpful. Another thing you could do is you have to keep reading the advancement all the time, and you have to like the new uh, changes in technology. Yeah, that's very good advice. Um, for the future nuclear medicine slash molecular imaging <laughs> trainees. Um, I, I think I would like to uh, take the time at this point to say thank you. I think you're both on the leadership level and also in the specialty. I don't think, as you said, it's widely known because of the smaller role, as you said, nuclear medicine has in the grand scheme of radiology. Right. Hopefully this podcast will shed a lot of light uh, for, mm -hmm. for the temple community. So I am done with the podcast element. I want to leave it open-ended to you to share any uh, thoughts that you have rather than uh, make it a question at this point. We usually available for clinical service. I usually give people's my numbers and my office and then they can always call me and, you know, page me. And then when I gave the advice or the consultation, I usually say, this is my best educated guess. Because when people call you, ask you something, they want to have your opinion. And then you need to be um, comfortable to give your opinion. Try to give your best educated guess. We cannot be right all the time, but we can say this is the best I can do at this time with all the available information. As people will uh, respect that and then people will say, okay, you know, you really, you know, did the best you can and then we'll take into consideration. And if you gave the very um, uncertain answers, that's usually not helpful. So we usually try to be helpful and then that will help to, uh, you know, increase the business, get more refer referral and get better service. That's right. Um, 
Thank you. And I, I also want to take the time uh, to thank, we have uh, Jimmy, uh, who's helped with us with the technical elements of the podcast. And now Dr. Riceley has joined us. This is really important because this venture of the podcast that I've started is not just at the attending level, it's the residents. They're also vested interest in trying to make sure that we get the radiology out to the community. So uh, with that said, I want to say thank you to all. Uh, and uh, I really appreciate you taking a lot of time to, to do this podcast. Thank you, Dr. Yu. No problem. And uh, you know you know where to find me. Yes, thank you. Thank you for listening to T-Rads, hosted by Dr. Bishak Khamid. Special thanks to the Temple University Health System, our guests, and the Temple Radiology Department, including the Chair, Dr. Cohen, and the VP of Clinical Operations, Ronald Zink, for their time and effort in making this podcast happen. Please note that this podcast should be used for educational purposes only and should not be used for the assessment or diagnosis of medical pathology. Original music by Dr. John Risley. Although this podcast was recorded during the COVID pandemic, safe practices including six feet of social distancing and mask wearing was incorporated at all times. Thank you.